This is a hypothetically great podcast. This is Tech News for MBAs. I'm Paul Canetti. It is Friday, September 23rd, 2022. Welcome back to Season 4 of Tech News for MBAs. I am very happy to be back for another season. It is the beginning of the fall semester, and uh, we took the summer off as we always do on this podcast. And uh, a lot happened over the summer, of course, which we will hopefully be able to revisit throughout this season. If you're tuning in for the first time, uh, I am Paul Canetti. I'm an adjunct associate professor at Columbia Business School. I am an entrepreneur, an investor, uh, and the host of this podcast, as you probably gathered. I had a busy summer myself as far as uh, personal news. I had a new baby daughter named Summer. She is uh, not even four weeks old as I record this, so she's really fresh into the world. Um, she is my third daughter, and uh, the three of them are amazing, doing great. Um, we also moved to the suburbs, so I'm recording this in our new basement, which is exciting. Um, Professional-wise, since we last talked, I have a new website. It's paulcanetti.org, and um, a new newsletter there, a free newsletter called Product Tips, which is basically exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it's a weekly newsletter with one great product tip per week. So if you're interested in uh, product, product management, user experience, anything relating to software development and uh, building great products, you can check that out. Um, also on my website is my first ever self-produced online course called Web3 for Business. It is just a comprehensive overview of everything Web3, crypto, blockchain, decentralization, uh, but aimed at non-tech types, you know, um, like you and me. And so most of the courses that I found online relating to blockchain and all this kind of stuff were really aimed at like the developer community. And uh, I saw that there really weren't a lot of resources for the businessy side of the house. And so I put it together. Um, there's a special early bird price right now uh, where if you buy part one of the course, you'll get part two when it becomes available for free. Uh, so you can check that out again. My new website's paulcanetti.org. And with that, um, you know, if you've listened to this podcast in the past, uh, that I'm already into Web3 and crypto stuff, but I've been focusing even more there uh, as I put together the course throughout the summer and um, have just become more and more uh, interested in this idea of decentralization. And today's episode is going to focus uh, on some Web3 stuff. Of course, throughout the season, we will hit a variety of topics. We're going to talk about AI. We're going to talk about augmented reality and virtual reality. We're going to talk uh, inevitably about, you know, more mundane things like mobile apps and social. Um, and again, when I think about uh, where we've been and where we're going, you know, most popular technology today is happening on a smartphone, um, but I am completely convinced that it will not be that way in the not-too-distant future. 
you know, the iPhone is now 15 years old. So uh, we are about due for some major shifts. And I think Web3 is going to be a big part of that. So uh, let's get into today's episode, shall we? Ethereum has made a major transition from proof of work to proof of stake, cutting its energy consumption by 99.95%. There's so much to talk about here. I'm going to try to keep it top level. You're at a party. Somebody says, oh, did you hear about the merge? And you know what to say. So one quick soundbite is this energy consumption thing. Um, The very real environmental concern about crypto using so much energy uh, is really alleviated with Ethereum. And again, its energy consumption now um, almost completely uh, gone. Um, And so what is Ethereum? Uh, Ethereum is what's considered like the second biggest blockchain network, um, Bitcoin being the first. But that is even in itself, really an unfair comparison. They're really two different beasts altogether. Um, Ethereum is a blockchain. Ethereum is a network. There's a cryptocurrency, which is Ether. Um, But really, in the world of Web3, I would argue it is number one. It is the de facto platform for building Web3 applications and sort of, uh, you know, the poster child for every other network and every other blockchain. Ethereum was, until very recently, a proof-of-work network. And what that means is that um, in this concept of the blockchain, you have a distributed network, like lots of different computers that are all trying to build a consensus about what data is legitimate and what's not and what should be written onto the blockchain. Basically, which data is real and should be saved for everybody and which is not. And so... The way that you would sort of prove uh, that something was a valid transaction is through something called proof of work, which is sort of brute force computing power. Um, Whichever part of the network had the most power would naturally finish sort of the computing tasks earlier than the ones with less power. And it costs money to buy powerful computers and processors and the energy it takes the electricity to power those machines and maintain them. So the idea uh, was roughly that if you're willing to spend money on all of that computing power, then you must be legitimate. It finishes sooner. That's the real transaction. That's like a rough idea of proof of work. So instead, we've now converted Ethereum to what's called proof of stake. Now here, you still have to put something at stake. And what you're putting at stake instead of energy and processing power is Ether is the cryptocurrency that is native to the Ethereum blockchain. And so anybody that owns Ether can say, I'm going to stake this Ether. Um, Like I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm saying that this is a valid transaction and should be written to the network. uh, And I'm willing to risk real money uh, to do that. And so that is um, a really, really different way to to operate. And this proposal to move to proof of stake has been a very long time in the making. Many people thought it would just never happen. Um, And so again, the running joke was sort of like, oh yeah, like the merge is happening, you know, next month or, or even next year. And it's like, I roll, I roll because that would never happen. And yet it has in fact happened. So what does it really mean? 
this is a huge, huge change, really monumental in the world of crypto. But on the other hand, it doesn't really impact the end users at all. Really, this is the sort of optimization that doesn't have sort of an immediate like ta-da kind of uh, impact, certainly not to an end consumer, but um, is a really, really big behind the scenes move. And just pulling this off is completely insane because, again, there is no company, there is no team uh, where the manager says, here's what we're doing. Um, but instead, this is like a self-organizing group of people that uh, set out to do this years ago, worked on it very diligently, and had to basically swap out the engine while the plane was in flight. I mean, you have billions and billions of dollars transacting on Ethereum each and every day. Uh, and all of that could totally get messed up. Like, this is software. It is software money. And... Um, and with software, there are bugs. And somehow, miraculously, uh, there are no known issues after the merge. Um, it really did go smoothly. For us non-technical folks, what do we need to know about the merge? It happened. Uh, Ethereum used to be proof of work, which was very, um, again, intensive. You needed a lot of processing power. And now you don't need any of that. Instead, it's this idea of proof of stake. That is the story with the Ethereum merge. And someone entering into the world of Web3 today will never know any different anyway. Um, so it's weird. It's like this huge thing. Everybody within the community is just going totally crazy about it and has been talking about it for so long, so highly anticipated. And on the other hand, like in the end, uh, it's not that it won't matter. It's just that most people uh, don't know about it and will never know about it. So that's kind of where we are um, on one side of the spectrum of Web3, we're still just laying the pipes. Uh, when you move into your house and the water's running and the electricity is flowing, you're not clapping for the pipes that were put under the ground decades ago. You just sort of take it for granted. And um, right now, we are still very much laying those pipes and people in the future won't appreciate it at all. Um, but it's a huge huge effort that went into this and really, really impressive, uh, just a, an impressive technical feat to pull this off the merge. This week was the announcement of Helium Mobile, a new decentralized cellular network. At the heart of Web3 is this concept of decentralization, where instead of one centralized power controlling everything uh, and sort of brokering every interaction and making and enforcing all the rules. Instead of that, you have a network of peer-level participants that together are doing all of the functions of a centralized entity, uh, but doing it in a decentralized fashion. And this is not just a pipe dream, but what we've seen here is this being brought all the way to the consumer with an amazing new product called Helium Mobile. A little background, Helium is its own blockchain, uh, and Helium started a few years ago in an effort to create a decentralized uh, internet service provider, someone that could compete 
with, uh, you know, you probably get your internet from like a cable company. And the way it works is that uh, people buy these helium miners. Think of it like a Wi-Fi router that you put in your window. And yours connects to your neighbors, connects to your neighbors, connects to the neighbor um, all over the country, all over the world, creating this big network of interconnectivity. And once it's big enough and dense enough and there's enough of these nodes, um, what you have is basically a freestanding Internet service provider. And it's totally nuts. There is no corporation with a CEO um, that is setting up those things. Instead, these are individual people that are setting them up. But uh, in aggregate, you get the same effect, the same power um, and the ability to provide Internet. And now what Helium's doing is launching a cellular network where you will be able to uh, choose Helium instead of T-Mobile or Verizon or another cell phone provider. They have plans starting at only $5 a month. And not only that, but because of the crazy incentive structures that are possible with crypto, um, you can actually get paid to use the internet because not only are you getting the service, but you are also creating the service. You are one of these participants in the network. Um, And so, you know, it's like one of those co-op gardens or whatever, where like everyone is is participating uh, in the planting and maintaining of the garden. Everyone gets to take some veggies home. Um, It really is kind of like that, where you're not just a customer, you are an owner, quite literally. Um, You can share in the profits, you can participate, you are helping to make the network stronger. So every person that joins the internet uh, connectivity actually gets better. It's just a totally different model to build a business. Um, And I hesitate almost to even say business because business implies that there are shareholders that are uh, getting the profits of that business. And that is actually still true. It's just that the shareholders are now synonymous with the customers. These are not two different groups of people. Um, And that's a really powerful thing. So um, again, I would imagine on day one, this is going to be a bunch of crypto heads. I know uh, I'll be first in line to try to convert my phone to Helium Mobile. They haven't said what phones they're supporting yet. Um, They're launching uh, officially in 2023, uh, but they announced it now. Um, It's going to take a while. Over the years, imagine if they had really um, just as good service as your cell phone provider, and they're promising for it to be even better because instead of, again, uh, the service being provided from these centralized cell towers, it's this distributed network of these little devices. They could be everywhere. Um, So they might actually have better service, but let's even just say the same service. And you knew that you could buy from Verizon, where you're paying money to Verizon, and some executives and uh, shareholders at Verizon are making all the money, controlling all the data, making all the decisions. Or you could choose Helium Mobile. Again, you get the same cell phone connectivity, uh, all the same sort of service that you would get from Verizon, except you are now an owner. You could get paid. You can participate in decision making. Um, The data is not sort of uh, controlled by a central entity. 
Um, and I believe that the type of person that is interested in uh, having a decentralized alternative, there are going to be more and more of those people over time. I think of it like organic food. You know, um, when I was growing up in the 1990s, um, we had health food stores that sold crazy health foods like hummus uh, and organic products, and they were really expensive. And everyone else thought it was kind of silly. Um, and now, of course, that's gone mainstream, right? The market has expanded dramatically. The market of people that care about eating healthier food. I think of decentralization a lot like that. Today, there's a relatively small number of people that care about this. Um, but you can see the backlash against uh, the use of data, uh, the advocacy for more user privacy um, and the general sort of disdain for big centralized tech providers. Um, and so if given a decentralized alternative, that starts to look attractive to more and more people. So I'm super excited about Helium Mobile. Um, I think it's going to be just like a watershed moment for Web3. Um, and whether it succeeds or not, it's a perfect example to counter the Ethereum merge. That's something behind the scenes that we can't really like see or touch. Um, hard to explain to your family at Thanksgiving. Helium Mobile is totally easy to explain. You say, yeah, it's a new cell phone provider. Um, they say, oh, kind of like Verizon or T-Mobile. You say, yeah, exactly like that, except that it's cheaper and you can actually earn money by using it. Oh, and there's no greedy corporation that's profiting off your data. Yep, that's it. You don't need to know anything about blockchain. You don't need to know anything about proof of work, proof of stake, any of this technical stuff um, to wrap your head around that. So this is where Web3 is going. Uh, and if you work at Verizon, I would be shaking in your boots. Um, and uh, decentralized alternatives are going to be coming basically to every nook and cranny of our current economy. So with that... Uh, thanks for hanging out. Great to kick off season four. I'm Paul Canetti. I'll see you next week for more tech news for MBAs. This is a really good podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>